everyone, and welcome back to another hashtag Grad Life episode. And we have officially started the new year. This is the first Grad Life of 2021. So, and we have a very special episode today. We're going to be diving right into how we can be helping graduate students gain more valuable skills that can help them not in just their research, but in for job searching and life skills after they graduate. So, I'm here with my co host. I'm Elizabeth Muller. Happy to be here today. And we are both joined with uh, Dr. Julie Junkins. Uh, how are you doing today, Julie? I'm good, thanks. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to everyone here, and I hope everyone's having a safe and hopefully a nice start to the 2021. I know it's been a little bit bumpy. So, uh, Julie, we're here to talk about a very, very cool and exciting uh, initiative that Western offers their students. It's called Own Your Future. Uh, would you mind telling us a little bit more about what Own Your Future is? Yes, of course. And thank you so much for inviting me to talk about this with you guys today. I think uh, the more that I can let students know about this program, the better. Um, so really, Own Your Future is kind of this response to this changing landscape of the careers for doctoral students. Um, I think if you walked up to any doctoral student on campus and asked them, well, I guess you aren't walking up these days, but ask any doctoral student, you know, what are you going to do after you graduate? Um, it causes a sense of kind of uncertainty and anxiety. And I think a lot of that stems from the narrative that we hear in academia that a PhD prepares you for a tenure track faculty position. Um, and I think that causes that uncertainty and anxiety because we know that not all doctoral students are going on to have those careers. And so the question is kind of what else are they doing? What else, what else is out there for me? So we're really trying to change this narrative with doctoral education right from the start, helping doctoral students recognize that a PhD prepares you for a broad range of careers. There's a lot of ways that you can contribute to society in different sectors. And we're providing workshops and courses and opportunities for students to develop the skills, like you said, the skills and the knowledge um, and the mindsets to navigate those careers and better prepare themselves for those, those wide varieties of opportunities out there. So I'm, I'm really interested as an incoming PhD student, or I guess a first year newbie to the team, mm -hmm. um, around this notion of changing landscape. And I'm just wondering if you can, can touch on that a little bit more. Yeah, and, and I think we're I, I think we're maybe a little more advanced now. It's not so much right in the middle of the changing, but I think we've made a lot of advancements in the last even five years. Um, but again, traditionally, the culture in academia is that, you know, the PhD is preparing you for the tenure track position, and that's what you're here to do. You're here to publish papers and create new knowledge, um, and then, you know, become an independent researcher yourself at, an, at a higher education institution. Um, and, and what we've seen in, in the past 10, 15 years is, you know, we're graduating more doctoral students, more people are preparing uh, or, or um, engaging in doctoral education, and yet the number of tenure track faculty positions is not increasing at the same rate. And so we have more doctoral graduates than there are positions. And so doctoral students are, are looking for opportunities outside of academia. And I think there are a lot of industries that are eager to have people with this advanced degrees and, and this advanced knowledge and, and use um, their abilities to help them contribute to their, their problems and their challenges that they're trying to solve. Um, and so the cha changing landscape, I guess, is in higher education about thinking about how can we better prepare students for these broader opportunities and, and help students recognize that there are more opportunities than the traditional tenure track faculty position. 
Yeah, I feel like when it comes to PhD degrees, we're always taught that we have a very, we've kind of like narrowed our path that because we're only studying a specific topic, we can only really go for a career that is somewhat related or exactly related to what we're studying. And at first that was very off-putting for me, but then learning that actually all the skills that we learn as PhD students, they can be applied to so many different jobs. And I feel like that's a message that either just gets lost when it comes to starting PhD degrees or when you're trying to decide whether or not you want to do a PhD degree. So I think it's actually quite, quite good that this has been um, trying to be brought up a lot more. Yeah, yeah. And, and like you said, kind of the longer that you spend in, in grad education or in a PhD, you know, the more you're surrounded by those same people who are doing that specialized um, education, that specialized discipline. And so you kind of, that's kind of just the, the narrative and the, and the culture that you're living in academia. And then, you know, you start to talk to people or hear about people who are using those similar skills in, in, in very different ways or applying them in new contexts. And uh, I, think it's, I think it's really exciting um, how, how these knowledge and skills can be applied in, in other ways as well. I was really curious, um, you mentioned a moment or two ago, the, the workshops that you, you've, uh, you and your team have started to, to launch, and I've attended a few, but I'm wondering if you can describe for our listeners a little bit more about those workshops. Yeah, yeah. So at this point, I think we offer close to 40 different workshops and a few courses, um, and it's really grown over the past few years. Just a few years ago, we were, I think, eight. Um, and so we've, we've really been responding to the demand from students from a wide variety of topics. And I think what really differentiates on your future here at Western is that it's not just kind of randomly selected topics that you know, students have told us that they want. Um, we've been very intentional in the, the design and framework of the program. Um, so before we even started the workshops, we, uh, the, the team at, at the School of Graduate Postdoctoral Studies did a lot of consultation with the literature and experts. And we came up with a competency framework. Um, and so we have six competencies in our, in our program, communication and relationship building, career engagement, teaching and learning, thriving, leadership, and intercultural and social fluency. And so all of our workshops are aligned to each of those six competencies. Um, and that what, what we're trying to do with those six competencies is really help doctoral students recognize that what you're learning and developing in your PhD, it extends beyond the, the course you're taking in quantitative research methods. Um, you know, you're learning to interact with your, your peers, your mentors, um, you're, you're developing new projects and leading them to completion. There's really this broader set of professional skills. And so our, all of our workshops are intended to help you um, gain more tools and strategies to really develop and enhance those professional skills. Yeah, I think with like all those skills that one, they're definitely essential for a lot of PhD students, even if a lot of them aren't aware of how important they are. And I guess with the workshops that you offer, and I guess this might be a question that I think I've heard a couple of students ask me, when they go for these workshops, are they like counted as like a credited workshop or is it more of a bonus experience workshop? Yeah, that, that's a great question. It's one I hear from students all the time and, and one that we've, we've just gone back and forth on so, so often because it's something we hear so much from students. Um, we, we don't offer any certificate of completion or any certain you know, requirements. Um, and that's because again, the program is called Own Your Future. We recognize that all doctoral students, you know, you're coming into your programs with various different backgrounds and experiences. You're here for different reasons. 
And the way that we intend the program to be used is that you pick and choose the, the workshops that are most helpful and aligned with your personal and professional goals. Um, one of my colleagues likes to describe it as like an open four-year conference. You know, if you if you go to a conference, you know, you kind of pick and attend the, you know, the sessions that are most interesting to you. And then sometimes you go and you, you have a coffee with a colleague when there's a talk that you don't want to go to. Um, and that's kind of the way that we see students participating in the program. It's, it's really up to you to customize your, your participation and engagement in the workshops that you think are most relevant to you. That's a really interesting way to look at it, the four-year open conference. Mm -hmm. Is there, you know, one workshop, I know it might be hard to pick, that's really stood out to you as being really successful. You've gotten feedback from students. It's really been impactful in how they navigate transitioning from their studies into the world of work. Oh, that's, that's a good question. And um, it's hard for me to answer. You're going to get me in trouble with my partners because they're all, <laughs> they're all fantastic. I can, I can honestly say I've attended every single workshop and every single one is, um, you know, every, everyone is contextualizing the information to doctoral students. Everyone is such an engaging facilitator. So it's hard for me to pick one. Um, but for the sake of the question, I'll, I'll give you, uh, I'll give you three. Um, I'll pick, I'll pick one, one resource that it doesn't necessarily involve it intent, attending a workshop because I know doctoral students don't always have time to attend. Um, I'll give you one that I think has been very popular and, and um, will be beneficial to all doctoral students. And then I'll give you my, my hidden gem. I'll call that my hidden gem. <laughs> okay, so the one resource that um, we have available that I think all doctoral students should do, it's, it's called our Own Your Future Self-Assessment. And I don't know, have either of you had the opportunity to do the self-assessment? Yes, I have. Yes, okay. I have as well. Oh, that's great to hear. Okay, so... <laughs> Um, this, this does not require attending a workshop at a specific date and a specific time. You can do it at any time. It's self-paced, it's online, and it's available to all students. Um, really, again, what we're trying to do with the self-assessment is help doctoral students recognize the broad sets of skills that they're developing in their PhD. And what you do is you go in and you rate, rate yourself, it's an assessment, on your, your comfort or your proficiency in completing certain tasks and having certain abilities. And so in each of those six competencies that I mentioned, we break that down into smaller skills and tasks. Um, so you go in and you, know, you get a question, how do you feel, how, you know, how are your abilities at communicating information to a broad audience? And you say, that's something that I'm, I'm either really good at, or that's something that I could use maybe a few more um, tools or strategies to do. Um, so you, you, you rate your proficiency across all those competencies and you get your report. And that's, again, as I mentioned, the program is self-directed, and that's how we envision students engaging in the program. Um, like I said, we know you're, you're, you're very busy and you don't have a lot of time. And so when you do the self-assessment, you start to find those pockets of, okay, well, these are the areas that I said I maybe could use a bit more help in. And, and then we have our workshops that are aligned to those areas. And so that's how we kind of en envision students engaging in the program. So that's, I think, a really easy resource that's always accessible and can be done at, at any time. Um, and then the, the workshop that I think would be beneficial to uh, most majority of doctoral students is probably our time management workshop. Um, it's probably one of our most popular workshops. Gavin, you're nodding. I don't know if you've attended that one. <laughs> um, um, I think I was close to attending one, but it conflict 
connected with something else, but I really did want to attend it. I know. I, I always find that ironic when people can't come to the time management workshop. <laughs> <laughs> it, it shows that I, I do need to attend it because I could use a little bit more help with my time management. Yeah. And, I, and I mean, I get that. And that's why I'm recommending it is because whether you're coming in from a master's degree or you worked before or you're just here for personal interest, a doctoral student is really hard to manage your time. And um, you know, you, you sometimes you tend to, to, you know, stop seeing some friends or maybe you give up some activities that you enjoy because you really want to focus on your research. And this, this workshop has really practical tools um, and strategies that you can use and support. Um, it's led by Ryan Mackay. He's, he's one of the counselors here on campus that meets often for graduate students. Um, and like I said, I've attended every year and I always pick up a, a new app or technique that some of the, the participants share. Um, and so that's a really, a really great one to, to attend. Um, and then I said I'd give a, a hidden gem, right? So one of the, the areas that I think um, students tend to look over is uh, leadership. Um, you know, I think when students are picking from, from the workshops that we offer you, you know, you tend to go into things like the writing workshops or the time management, things that seem very tangible and applicable to your degree right away. Um, but one of my favorite hidden gems is our workshop where we do Clifton Strengths training. So Western, and maybe that's the one, Elizabeth, you mentioned that you might be registered for an upcoming workshop. I wonder I if have, that's, yes. okay, yay. <laughs> I highly, I highly recommend that one. So that one's uh, offered by Alex Elias, who's, who's trained in Clifton Strengths training and actually will coach um, students and staff and, and people here at Western. So I, as a professional development coordinator, I've taken many assessments in my role. Um, and this one is by far the most insightful um, and just helpful assessment I've ever, and I guess accurate too, I've ever taken. Um, it gives you your top five talents or strengths. And the idea, it's from like a list to think of about 30. And the idea is that everyone has a unique set of, of talents and the people, it's, the research has shown that people who exercise and use these talents on a day-to-day -day basis in their work experience more value and meaning in their work. Um, and so I think it's particularly important for doctoral students, you know, in, in, in doctoral education, I have a PhD myself, so that's why I'm kind of speaking from experience here, because you often don't get a lot of external feedback, you know, you don't often take tests or um, have assignments due very frequently, you kind of get Inter interspersed feedback throughout your PhD, um, you often can end up comparing yourself to others. And I think sometimes that leads to us feeling like we might have deficits when we see, oh, that person has done all of this, or they have, they're really good at that, but I'm not good at that, or I haven't done that. And so this particular workshop, I think, really helps change that narrative and remind everyone that you have unique talents and strengths that make you good at what you do. And that's different from everyone else. And that's something that should be celebrated and valued because you know, the only way we're gonna make progress is if people bring different talents and strengths to, to work and challenges. Um, so that I think is, is a really fantastic workshop. And I know in my personal and professional life, it's, I, I continue to, to think back on, on my talents and strengths and think about how I can leverage them more in the work that I do. So that's kind of my, my hidden gem that I would recommend. From the program as well. Honestly, I think that workshop would probably help. I want—I don't want to say save, but definitely would help a lot of PhD students maybe overcome uh, imposter syndrome when they start to probably doubt that. Oh, I don't know if I have any of the any skills or something that's going to be able to help me after I finish my research or to complete my research. 
but maybe this workshop will actually be able to help them realize that you have probably a lot more skills and talent that you give yourself credit for and definitely when it comes to comparing to other people it's never the best thing to do because everyone's different and everyone has their own strengths but i think that's a hidden gem i think that would people would probably quote unquote treasure quite a bit when it comes <laughs> to a phd and student development and i also noticed that with the own your future i tended mainly these types but you guys offer not just on like improving like self-skills but you also have workshops for helping students who struggle with academic writing, especially when it comes to their thesis, and when it comes to understanding the job market, because when we think of academic uh, careers, we only know maybe to search for people either via email directly or use research gates. But you guys offer if, uh, workshops on how to best use your LinkedIn profile and other programs that could help you find jobs. and. Is there any more information you probably want to tell the audience of how they could best use these workshops to their advantage? Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, like I said, we have probably over 40 workshops and I think I just, I only just mentioned two. I could probably have a, <laughs> you know, a, a, a chat about every single workshop. Um, I think, you know, I'll, I'll do a little plug for the, the career engagement uh, workshops, I think, because I think that's one that students are often looking for. Um, and just, just, talk a little bit about what they are and, and what they aren't, um, because I think sometimes there is a bit of a mismatch there too. So when I, when I often talk to doctoral students about careers, um, the number one question that I'll get is, you know, what can I do with my PhD in chemical engineering um, or political science or their specific discipline? And the problem with that question is that it can often lead to us getting stuck. Um, because the careers out there aren't necessarily jobs for a PhD in, a, in your specific discipline. There's actually a wide variety of careers out there and you might not necessarily be using your specific specialized knowledge. And I understand why doctoral students want that job because you invest so much time in that, that, you know, that was me too. But it's really important for students to recognize that you have these skills and, and, and abilities and strengths like I was just talking about that you can really apply to a wider range of challenges and problems and use what you've gained from your PhD in really unique and, and new ways. So what our um, workshops in the career engagement do is we actually teach um, a different way. It's called design thinking for thinking about your career. So again, when, when I think doctoral students think about their career, um, you know, in your, in your education, what you're doing is you're using research and analysis, right, to solve the problem, address the problem in your PhD, right? So I don't know, like what, Gavin, what is the question that you're trying to answer with your PhD in a broad sense? Oh, uh, for me, the question I'm trying to answer with my PhD is how can we best use data collected by satellites on Earth to understand data collected by satellites studying the surface of other planets? Cool. Very cool. And and do you think is there do you, are you anticipating that there's one answer or do you think there's more than one answer? I'd say there's definitely more than one answer. Okay. Okay. So. And what about you, Elizabeth? What what's your broad question? My broad question is what is the impact on adults with physical disabilities who access direct funded attendant services on their community engagement? Okay. And do you think do do you think your research question has one answer or multiple answers? Multiple, absolutely. Okay, 
Well, that's interesting because when I think about my PhD, I actually thought there was just one answer. So my PhD, I was trying to understand how a very specific nutrient got into a very specific bacterial cell. Um, so there's just one answer to my question. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe you guys might use a bit of a different approach to your research, but when we're solving a problem with just one answer, we use the research and analysis approach. We dissect that question, collect data, at least to narrow it down to the, the maybe few most likely answers. Um, but, and so what I think doctoral students often do is apply that same process to figuring, to trying to answer the question, what are you going to do with your life? And the problem with that is that that's a, a question where there isn't just one answer. There's multiple lives that we could live and multiple possibilities for our career path. And so we teach an approach in the career engagement curriculum that uses design thinking, and it focuses on generating lots of different ideas that extend beyond kind of the narratives or the judgments that we hold for ourselves. And it also in, involves prototyping and testing those ideas as soon as possible. So we, we teach this process in our workshops and we cover everything from kind of the phase of self-discovery, doing some deep self-reflection to understanding how you can generate those prototypes and talk to people and get an idea of the careers out there. And then we also talk about, um, you know, effective job search strategies, like you were saying, Gavin, the, the LinkedIn, the resumes, the interviews, all of the, the practical components as well. Um, but again, we're, we're, we're changing that question from, you know, what can I do with a PhD in X discipline um, to what are, the, what are the challenges and problems that I can use what I've gained in my PhD to work on and to solve. Um, so it's really a shift in how we approach career um, development. Yeah, I think, um, I think I was just actually just thinking about this right now, but when you mentioned an example of your research of like, what was the broad question that you had? So you definitely had like a very strong biology uh, based research. And it, I think you're probably a really good example to show that you can transfer your skills and your PhD because you've gone from studying a specific microbe and understanding how a nutrient went into it to running and developing and organizing these courses that and workshops that can help students. So I guess this might be more of a, a personal question for you, but like, when was it that you realized that you could actually transfer your skills as a PhD student to careers that are outside of the field of biology? Yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I love, I love talking about my experience and it really is what kind of fueled my passion for doing this work. And like you said, had I asked that question of what can I do with a PhD in microbiology, uh, the current job that I'm in wouldn't have been an answer to that question. And so it really did, one of the big things for me was shifting that mindset. And it, for me, it didn't happen until the end of my PhD. I think as, as many students do, you kind of procrastinate figuring out what you're going to do. That seems like a problem for later, right? When you're at the beginning of your PhD, your, your priority is, is collecting data, starting your research, maybe taking courses. Um, and again, that feeds in, there's, the, there's that narrative that like, there's not many faculty, tenure track faculty positions, but sometimes you can get into this, this belief that, well, I'm the exception, but okay, there's not, a, there's not everyone's going to be it, but I'm going to be the one. And so sometimes you can almost get too focused on, on trying to be that one. Um, and I would say I was probably one of those people. I had a bit of an open mind, but I really focused on the academic career. And it wasn't until the later stages of my degree that I started thinking about the next steps. And in my discipline, um, a postdoc is usually required for, for the faculty position. And it wasn't something that I was really keen to do. 
Um, and so it was the last year of my PhD and I was faced with that question is, is what's next? And so for me, there were, again, it was, um, there was kind of two things that, that happened. One was, was a, a mindset shift from thinking about, again, instead of just thinking about my PhD in microbiology in, in general, like what type of work do I find valuable? Where do I feel like I'm using my strengths and what are the skills that I like to use? Um, and when I really started to distill that down, I really enjoyed teaching, um, facilitation, working with students. I TA'd a lot and I really enjoyed doing that and um, learning and development. You know, I, as doing a PhD, I just loved learning about things. And in this role, I really get to learn about a variety of, of professional skills and areas and work with people in different fields. Um, so it really was distilling, distilling down what type of work I enjoyed doing. And then the second piece that was really important and I'd highly recommend to all students was talking to people and simply reaching out to people who had my degree or were doing similar things to what I wanted to do and having conversations with them about, you know, what is your job like? What do you do on a day-to-day -day basis? What, you know, what aspects of your job do you enjoy doing? And does that resonate with what I want to do? Um, and those conversations were really helpful in kind of steering my decision and, and helping me find the right opportunities. And, you know, you mentioned the importance of, I guess you'd call it the informational interview. Mm -hmm. um, would you say, because that's, that's a term I've only started to hear within the last couple of years, would you say it's something that, that students don't do enough? Um, maybe just hesitancy to reach out or not knowing who to reach out to or? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's something that, again, we might not think about until later in our degree or we might associate with something that you have to do when you're only on the job search. Um, or sometimes I think students just don't know that it's something that's, you know, appropriate to do. Like it's, you know, it's, it's culturally acceptable to reach out to someone and say, what do you do in your day-to-day -day life? And they'll, they'll tell you. Um, and sometimes people hesitate to have those conversations. Um, but like I said earlier in our design thinking process, we say prototype and having conversations with people as soon as possible in your degree is the easiest way to prototype and test your ideas. Um, and just ask someone who is, a few years ahead of you or a few years more advanced in their career about how they got there and um, and and if they have any advice for you and those conversations I think um, should definitely be happening more frequently and, and sooner in the in your degree yeah I think getting uh, putting your name out there and reaching out to people is probably the best way for students to try and figure out more about what they want to do because they as you said the depending on who responds and what they say you'll probably start to get a better idea of how your skills can actually be applied if not in your field but definitely outside your field so yeah. with, all, with all these really great workshops and uh, great opportunities for students to improve their skills and um, develop new ones uh with everything going virtual now for own your future what would you say is the best way for students to find out about these workshops and to register for them? Yeah, so all of our workshops are being offered virtually, which I think um, we've seen a lot of uh, great engagement from students. I think just having a bit more flexibility in that has, has been better for students. Um, so they're all online um, and they're also being recorded as well. Um, so you can find all the recordings for the, web, for the webinars on our website. And to see our upcoming schedule, you can visit the Western Connect calendar. If you're familiar with that, I think it's connect.uwo.ca. You'll find the Own Your Future calendar and see all of our upcoming workshops and you can register for those there. 
I will make sure to add a link for the calendar in the show notes for anyone who's interested in signing up for any workshops. Um, is there any that are this month in January, maybe February, that you think might be very important for students? Yes. I mean, again, I think I think they're all so great, so it's hard <laughs> for me to pick one. Um, we have a few, again, coming up, I think, on some of the practical components of the degree, like um, the writing process, um, giving oral presentations. Um, a few others that I'm excited about, we have um, an equity, diversity, and inclusion workshop in March. Um, we also have... Um, a workshop on kind of entrepreneurship for PhDs. You know, we, we're seeing a lot of PhDs um, either commercialize their research or in some cases they're becoming more uh, knowledge translation individuals or consultants in that area. And so a lot of people are starting their own business and, you know, kind of um, using their knowledge as their product. And so I think this would be a great workshop for anyone who's considering that career path to get familiarity with how, how would you even go about starting your own business? So that's something that's new that we've just added this year and I'm really excited about. Yeah, I think that's going to be, it's going to be great opportunities for, I think, a lot of students. And I actually might take a look at some of these more workshops. Yeah. I know I've, got, I've registered for a few, but I might have to double check and see if there's any that I missed that this I think might be. diversity. Yeah. Arch, that sounds like one I think I'm going to certainly register for. And that's, that sounds a good, good one. Yeah, mm -hmm. I didn't know about that one in March. And I think I I'm going to sign yeah. up for it. I don't think I don't think it's added Alice to the calendar just yet, but it will be soon. And sneak um, peeks. You're giving us a sneak peek. I am. <laughs> yeah. And actually, keep keep an eye out. There there will be some more. So that's within our intercultural and social fluency competency, and um, I anticipate some more curriculum being added to that this semester as well. So keep an eye out for that. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Julie, um, I just wanted to say on behalf of GradCast, thank you so much for coming on the show for Hashtag GradLife and telling us about these very great uh, student development programs and workshops. And I hope this will help a lot more students know about Own Your Future and the great opportunities they can gain from it. Uh, before we do say goodbye, though, is there anything you'd like to mention about Own Your Future, anyone you think would be very good for the students to know if they want to contact and learn more? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I am always open to talking with students, hearing ideas, um, anything that you want to talk about with careers. If you just ever have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me. Uh, this semester, I actually uh, plan to offer some one-on-one -on -one intake appointments through the career counseling team. So those, yeah, those will be specific to doctoral students and I, and I should be offering those soon. So keep an eye out for that. So I'm always open to just chat about careers or anything you have questions about. And uh, yeah. And if you attend workshops and you enjoy them, please tell your friends. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I'll make sure to spread on the word. <laughs> so, uh, we'd like to thank everyone for listening to this hashtag grad life episode. I've been your host, Gavin Tolometti with my co-host, Elizabeth Muller. And we have been speaking with Dr. Julie Junkins about Own Your Future Development Program here at Western University. If you'd like to join on the show as a guest or learn more about us, you can email us at gradcastradio at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at gradcastradio. Thank you for listening and have a great night.